Boom, we're back for a special bonus episode this week as we celebrate the free replay period of the end of COVID, October 1st through the 11th. It uh, seems like the establishment is trying to bring back the nonsense, so we are going to do the same and offer this free for anybody to engage in the 90-plus sessions that break down the germ theory mythos and everything around all of the narrative and psyops that was related to the 2020 COVID experiment. <laughs> And in doing so, with this special bonus episode, we present Dr. Bear Paul Lando with the Biggelson brothers as we break down the entire narrative around shots, what's in the shots, and quote-unquote detoxifying from the shots, which as we explain in this, you're not really doing that. <laughs> it's... Um, it's an entire different way to think around not only detoxification from the jab, but really toxicity in general. And the Biggelsons are masters at really bringing this to the forefront, thanks to their father's work. And also, of course, the 40 plus years of Bear's work in biotrain medicine. So this is really a great interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. There's a lot of fear going on right now around the hydrogel nanotech that is going to uh, be activated on October 4th through some sort of pulse wave coming out from smartphones due to an emergency broadcast system. And hopefully when you listen to this, that will dispel that fear. This really should be called dispelling the fear from the shots. <laughs> so please enjoy this and definitely take advantage of this free replay Time October 1st through 11th, go to theendofcovid.com and you can choose your own adventure there or follow along from the very first introductory video from Alex Zek all the way through the end. Binge watch the heck out of them because this is amazing, amazing paradigm shifting content. Thanks so much for your support of Alpha Vedic. We love you guys and enjoy this special bonus. guys welcome back to the end of COVID. i hope you're enjoying this journey as we go deep down the rabbit hole of true health and wellness and what the true nature of dis-ease is and the empowering wisdom we get from folks like today we've got the biggelsons on with us josh and adam biggelson who you will learn more about down the line uh in regards to their holographic blood therapies and modalities that they have are still using in their clinical practice today uh, that is really uh, redefining what true medicine is. And then we have Dr. Bear Paul Lando, of course, from Alpha Vedic here, who has practiced as a bioterrain physician for over 40 years. We are going to go deep into detoxifying from the jibby jabs. 
Uh, and from a very much a terrain perspective, which I think is extremely important because there are a lot of misnomers and uh, pseudoscience around this topic. Bear Lando, you uh, have had great success in your practice over the years. And I would say, I've said this for years, the number to me, the number one vector for disease is blood poisoning from, <laughs> from injections. Uh, would you agree to that? I know also there are other, I mean, there's countless other toxins out there, but it seems like that to me is the number one way we defile the terrain. In your practice, what did you see over the years? And I'd love to jump right into the modalities that you implemented to help people recover from these decisions to inject themselves. Well, vaccines are, of course, um, you know, one of the predominant uh, issues that I had to deal with, especially with children over the years. And uh, please understand, I appreciate that the COVID uh, injection is not a vaccine in the traditional sense. And even though I uh, saw strong proof um, in my own uh, clinical experience over many years with thousands of patients, that there's, uh, you know, it developed a strong belief system in me that there is no such thing as a good vaccine. Uh, vaccination is totally different than immunization. And even with immunization, I would have to redefine immunity uh, to fit the bioterrain model. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, I know. Uh, but we had great success in recovering uh, vaccine-damaged kids. And I believe a lot of those protocols would still be useful uh, for this next generation of DNA modification, which is, you know, really what we're talking about here as well as uh, possibly setting up little foreign protein uh, factories within your bloodstream. Um, so I would, uh, number one, uh, I, I, I take five different areas uh, that we'd break it down in and we can you know, go around here and maybe discuss each one. And I know the Biggelsons will uh, have their own um, you know, experience to share. But first, we have to get at the emotional component of as far as what got us there in the first place. In other words, um, most people took that shot out of fear. So no matter what we talk about, when we get a little bit more grounded here into the practical solutions, if uh, people are now understanding that they might've made a mistake and they're getting a little freaked out about what might be in their bloodstream, um, you don't want to reach to any of these um, protocols out of fear because now you're still beating up the same or you know barking up the same tree so you know you you need to own that and understand uh you know what uh provoked you into injecting something foreign in your bloodstream in the first place and similarly you know uh, when we're looking at cure uh we don't want to bring the same emotional predisposition to that because it's going to be very short-lived and not as effective no matter what you do after that. So that's something I don't hear people talk about very much, but it's very important, especially in bioterrain medicine, when I came to understand that probably over 80% of what we define as disease is an emotional etiology. And uh, you know that gets into a lot of other areas of understanding as far as how our consciousness dictates our biology in the first place. Okay, so after that, 
uh, we want to go into more straight bow train protocols. And I'll just kind of give you some quick headings. We want to go into cellular engine optimization. In other words, uh, you know, what is going to um, allow the cell to be in the, the cells of the body, which of course are the workhorses of our body that do everything to keep us alive. What do they need and what are they lacking you know, as far as uh, being able to regenerate and do what bodies are supposed to do, which is to self-maintain and self-correct. And uh, there are several points under that we'll save. And then into classic bioterrain, uh, we want to break that down into biochemic solutions, uh, biological solutions, and uh, also drainage protocols, which uh, would follow the six stages of disease and understand that what's going on on those tissue levels, uh, you know, and how we need to customize a way to pinpoint what uh, certain tissues of the body need in order to kind of upchuck or eliminate what's in there, uh, causing those incrementally, uh, you know, more progressive and chronic situations that, you know, uh, and are happening much more quickly when people get the shot. And then we want to go into something that's a little more exclusive to the um, COVID shot uh, that's maybe a little different than uh, traditional vaccinosis, which is vaccine damage. And that is the mitigative uh, type of techniques we can do to try to counteract some of these special noxious ingredients that are in that particular shot. And then finally, if somebody is um, neurologically impaired, which is a great, um, you know, not side effect, but effect of these shots, just like in vaccines, uh, there are ways to, um, and we did this very extensively, to take somebody at, you know, like they're a newborn infant and retrace all the steps that they would go through through their neurological progression from, you know, uh, being on their belly, crawling and walking and, and just retrain the nervous system. So those are the five areas that I would recommend that we really need to look deeply into in order to counteract what people are suffering from now. Uh, by the tens of thousands, and what I believe in the near, near future, probably at least up to 2 billion people worldwide, if not more, that will either uh, be uh, suffering from serious consequences and even death. Yeah, and I do want to jump deep into the mRNA shot in a bit. Um, I would love to stay on this sort of traditional vaccines, if we can, for a little bit. Uh, and touch on the the big A word, autism. Luckily, we can talk about whatever we want here because we don't have to worry about censorship, which is kind of nice. So I'd love to touch on that. But first, Josh and Adam, um, how would you uh, address this in your practice? And I would assume you're pretty similar in uh, respect to what Bear was saying here. Yeah, and um, yeah, Josh, cool if I start, you can jump in. Absolutely. Okay. Um, good question, Mike. Yeah, of course, we agree with Bear. Um, of everyone we've dealt with, there is more alignment with this man than anybody. Um, and it's ironic how pe many people we found that are pretty close, but then just take that left turn right at the, the last intersection. 
So we appreciate this one. Uh, it's ironic that Josh and I are being a part of this because we have distanced ourselves from this whole experience quite a bit as we're not interested. You know, this is not our story. This is not our game. Um, you know, Kaufman asked Josh, when did you start with the terrain experience? And Josh grew up in it. This is a life we've lived, okay? Dad with his clinical success was a big deal with real diagnoses of cancer and things like that. Now, if we look at this with this basic experience, and we have had some, we've had some experience, all right? Josh has seen blood of people that have been jabbed, people that have had some effect, no effect, big effect. Um, Anna and I did analyze with some of Josh's help, the Pfizer vaccine. Um, so this makes perfect sense. Now, the basic idea of a toxin has been introduced. This is a poisonous substance. It's a foreign substance. All right. For us, we look at those four bodies, as Bear was talking about a little bit, our physical body. The first thing is, if we show that picture that we've always shown with the river and the twig falls on the edge of the river and the debris accumulates, all right, you've got crap in there. We can detox that stuff, but the twig is still there. All right. So we look at the blood and we remove blocks. Then the body can start to do its own thing. This is what dad did. We never did detoxes. Okay. Not that a lot of people came to us poisoned, but Josh can address that too. So our first concern is this, before you even think about, uh, let's flush this out, how have you been taking care of your body? You know, the people that got affected most were out of balance the most, all right? And the idea that someone looked like they died in perfect health, well, physically they looked good, but not the case, all right? Uh, as I talked to Anna about this, this gets right involved with homotoxicology, as Barra was saying, our sixth stage experience here. So a toxin is introduced for us, what do we do with people? And I asked this to Josh. We do the same thing with everybody. We look at the blood. We find the blocks. We help to remove the blocks, the physical blocks. If your body is out of alignment, things are going to deposit in certain areas. No matter how much you detox, it's still depositing somewhere. All right. If you've got these energetic blocks, things like scars, which are a form of physical and energetic restriction, that's going to impede flow. So the detox is not going to happen. The emotional thing that Bear just talked about, so much fear involved in this and the simplicity of sympathetic and parasympathetic. You don't heal in fight or flight. All right. Then the belief, do you believe you can get better? Do you believe you're going to get sick? Now, what we've got in the basics, again, is a population that has been part of an experiment with multiple doses, doses, severities of toxicity they've introduced Dose to their bodies. Doci. And at the same time, we have a population that is varied as far as their balance in general. So what did we see? I saw a person we've known for years. And as this person had the jab, this person has a lot of things that she's maintained for a long time listening to us. She's okay, but she's maintaining with tools. She was injected and all her buttons got pushed. All right. So where do these things manifest? This is why it's so difficult with symptoms. When we saw initially that thing floating in the, in the vaccine, that was bigger than red cells that can clog things that can create inflammation and correct me if I'm wrong, but those are the first two major concerns. People are dying because of cardiovascular issues. There's inflammation, which is a big problem. What happens after that? Well, it depends on the person. All right. So what would we do, Josh? We would always look at blood. We would want to open up the blocks. And then for us, we never did the detoxes, but this is a real poison. 
And our environment, our terrain is much more toxic at this point too. So we need to support. Uh, Anna gave me um, some biological markers. Like there are Western tests you can look at and I could share the information with you, Bear, because some of it, I don't understand the terminology. However, the simplicity there too of, it's showing tumor markers. So certain people, they're having things manifest in different areas because of their individual weakness, all right? There's inflammation markers. That's an easy one too. Still the question of what do we do? And Josh, I wanna pass this to you in a second. My first thinking is, we've said this before, we eat an invasive parasite. We eat something that's not supposed to be in the body. Josh is healthy, I'm not. For Josh, the parasite passes out the other end. For me, it finds food and it stays there, all right? So this is the first thing. Excretion is normal. Inflammation is how we heal. When the inflammation becomes trapped, we get inflamed and things start to deposit. This is where Josh starts to talk about once things deposit and impregnate into the tissue, we're not quite sure what to do. There are different protocols for different severities of poisons. However, when things impregnate, you now have a little bit of a different issue. Well, this is, this is where it crosses that biological division from bacterial to fungal. So we're going from you know, an acute situation that hasn't been taken care of, it's pushed deeper down to the body, and now it's a chronic issue. So we would still really go about it the same way. We want to get all, the, all five diaphragms, at least the five diaphragms that we know of, um, pumping. You want to get lymphatics pumping. You want to get that river flowing properly. You know, we've seen some really wild videos of what goes on in our fascial network, you know, and how fluid like an alien that is. And what I have seen is that whatever's going on with, with the jab is that fascia is super irrit irritated. It's like the first line of defense initially. It's super, super irritated. And then things start to move on to, you know, liver, we saw a lot, uterus, we saw a lot, thyroid, we saw a lot. It seemed to be working on spe specific areas. Um, but like Adam said, it's going to deposit in areas where you're stagnant. So for us, um, yeah, the blood toxin, you know, poison is a huge deal. Um, but it's the stagnation that's the problem because the body's naturally going to try to clean out the garbage. We're being bombarded by who knows what the hell every single day of our lives. And this is a new one where people are actually choosing to inject it. But I guess we shouldn't be surprised considering people have been eating McDonald's for 50 years, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's really important to get everything flowing. And back to your, your first step there, Bear, which was super, super important, pointing out the fear that people did it because a lot of people did it because of fear. A lot of it was ignorance as, as well, but people were, some people were generally afraid. And we harp on it all the time, parasympathetic and sympathetic. So people are in a state of fight or flight. So then what do you do? You allow the body to be attacked, <laughs> right? So, so now you're in a perpetual state of sympathetic mode, right? How, how is the, your, your, your body is in a place where it cannot heal. So it's interesting because the first treatment that always did almost every time on somebody was treat the belly button of the diaphragm. So he would work on the respiration. He, he would release that umbilical ligament. They would start to go a little more upright, take pressure off the lungs, take pressure off the whole system. So the body can actually start to process. It's almost, almost its first breath in life is what he would call it. You know, we talk so much about the birth traumas. So he would work on that. And sometimes just that would change people. So, you know, to answer Adam's question, the way we would deal with it is the same way we would deal with anything else. Whatever is depositing in the, in, the, in, in the tissue, we didn't really care about. We just cared about why there was stagnation in those areas and try to get in there and remove the blocks. And you're a thousand percent right. The, the first thing is the emotion behind it. 
You know, so we talk so much about scars. The emotion behind that injury is going to be dictate how bad of an issue that scar is for you physically, energetically, even spiritually when it comes right down to it. You know, so removing those blocks, letting the body start to clean. Huge part of it. You know, we didn't do the detox like Adam said. Uh, We would take pressure off the organs so they can clean themselves. But this is where also dad used the isopathic remedies that LeBaire is one of the few who really knows how to use those. Um, so they weren't forcing the body to clean. They were strengthening the body so it can do its job. So, right. you know, if we were to go a certain route, as far as that goes, the Nigerson would be a, a prime, prime, you know, example of something to use because it strengthens the organs of elimination. It's the waste product of aspergillus, which is another bad word out there. Everybody's afraid of aspergillus. Um, but it's a great way to start. And also it's very good for the kidneys. So it's working on the fear of the person as well. So as opposed to throwing all these different things out there to do a detox, we're trying to take pressure off the body so it can clean. If it needs a little bit of a kick, the isopathics were kind of our game that we we started to use to really stimulate the system as well. Right. So I, I think a clear distinction here is detox uh, is, is actually not the correct word. We're talking uh, about sort of rejuvenation and um, getting back to parity or getting the the body back to this proper functionality where detox oftentimes is adding to adding fuel to the fire right yeah. um, and I think this is a really important concept to understand moving forward because we oftentimes get in the trap of let's just throw stuff you know we uh, I'm not feeling good or I've, I've made this mistake of injecting myself what can I go get to fix myself to clear it all out I just want to get it out get it out instead of understanding a, a deeper holistic uh, concept of why you did it um, and what that decision entails in, in terms of the, all those aspects of your health I think this is the new paradigm that is exciting to me understanding the deeper deeper sort of ramifications of the decisions we make and also the understanding that our body and our spirit is powerful at healing even the supposed mrna nanotech injection which we did before this uh we had some different perspectives there uh, actually two uh, different dr annas which have varying perspectives and we asked that our audience you know take to heart what makes sense for you but uh dr anna uh maria olivia really you know came to has come to the conclusion so far that we don't totally know we haven't had the diagnostics yet to be completely sure of what is in all of these shots. And we also understand there's different lots, there's placebos, there's um, corporate malfeasance <laughs> involved where, you know, it, it, it's really a cluster F right now in terms of understanding what we're dealing with. However, the beauty of what you gentlemen do is you get under the hood. And you don't get so concerned with that because the body is brilliant. And when you understand how the train works, you can still deal with anything. Is it a fair statement to say that we can heal from anything so far? I mean, short of having a limb cut off, um, Bear, in your practice uh, with, let's say, severe autism, um, have you seen what I guess modern medicine would call miraculous uh, healing from allowing the terrain to or essentially do its thing? Well, the, the quick answer is yes. And uh, many, many times to the point where it became an expectation, not a miracle. And the miracle is just some, 
science not understood, you know, so uh, there's no such thing as a miracle. Yeah, Just so a little, sorry. Um, Dad, Dad always said miracles only happen when you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, sorry. exactly. Yeah. So um, just a final comment on detox. Um, I prefer to call it drainage. And drainage, as these gentlemen are also saying or suggesting, is that it has nothing to do with just trying to take remedies to latch on to things and then drag stuff out of your body that you want to eliminate. Your body already knows how to do that. And most often what happens when people go through all these cleansing and detox uh, procedures and uh, because they're not taking care of the original log jam, as Adam was explaining, uh, the toxins, as we think of them, are just changing addresses in the body. So what I would prefer or what I preferred in my practice is I did a lot of manual therapy and I preferred a combination of osteopathy and meridian therapy. It would start with the cranium because if the cranial sacral movement is not intact then the entire um, uh, biomechanic closed kinematic chain of our structure is compromised at every level. And uh, beyond that, I would do a lot of visceral manipulation because when you train your hands, and I understand this isn't uh, an at-home sort of um, solution for everybody, but I think there are some people out there, practitioners who still know how to do this stuff. So if there's something going on with the liver, with my hands, I, I know the embryological movement because as we unfold embryologically, uh, it leaves a pattern of movement uh, throughout our entire life. And we know that movement, you can feel it with your hands. And uh, many times that organ, we'll take a liver as an example, is literally stuck. So if that uh, if it's not doing the full three-dimensional movement, which actually this is the movement of the liver, uh, and maybe it's just stuck here and going in a two-dimensional plane. Now the liver is not, it's going to lose much of its function, plus its ability to just wring itself out and get rid of what is, uh, you know, nose doesn't belong there in the first place. And then also, if you understand meridian therapy, not just sticking needles in people, uh, it was very much akin to osteopathy because the connective tissue or the connective tissue matrix is actually uh, you know, one and the same as a meridian. So manipulating those electrical lines within a connective system, uh, connective tissue also allows the connective tissue to start dealing with uh, you know, what it needs to do. So the body knows what it needs to do. And uh, if it came to finally taking a few remedies uh, because you're in a very extreme situation and you just needed a little bit of uh, extra oomph, you know, after you take care of all the biomechanical elements, then you customize it. You don't just go online and start taking all sorts of stuff because it's going to have very short-lived um, um, results, if at all, and maybe even make things worse. Yes. Keeping it simple and sustainable. Um, and Josh, um, hold the thought for a moment, if that's sure. good. Um, no, that's, this is, this is good, Bear. You know, for us, we've always said this, it's align the body and watch it take care of itself. This is a new experience because this is a severe poison, right? But we're still, we still have the same speech. Like Anna Maria would say, Anna Maria Oliva, by the way, not Olivia, that's okay. Uh, Anna Maria would say, how many parts of you do you recognize? 
right? You've got your physical, energetic, emotional, there's the biomagnetic, electric, and there's other things here. So you just got poisoned physically. You still need to do all these other things, you know, for us. And this is like, here's the pattern interrupt, all right? I'm a great guy and I'm happy. You know, this is a pattern interrupt for all of us, all right? And the reality is, are you people taking care of yourselves? You know, be afraid. I'm glad you're finally concerned about your health. There is nothing more important or more valuable than your health. So you've been doing stupid, you know, we've aligned our car once a year. We don't align the body. And like you said, the log jam, right? So now let's detox. Let's push crap out that we just in, like injected into ourselves. That's, the dams might explode. Things might get weird there. And the body doesn't like to be forced. And it's really nice to hear you say, Bear, dad combined what he said was the three divine philosophies osteopathy, which was the bones and the connective experience of the body, acupuncture, which was the electrical experience of the body, energetic experience. And then originally he said homeopathy and he changed it to homotoxicology, which is exactly what people need to understand now. Homotoxicology is a two Nobel prizes have been one, work, one with work based on that chart. And I've introduced it to people that people are listening to now, like people that are part of these events that have never heard of it. All right. Each of us as individuals need to look at this. It's a six stage experience. The progression of disease makes sense and how each section can be a pharmaceutical to suppress and suppress and suppress. And then the end stage is cancer. This makes perfect sense to us. The interesting thing is how it says a vicariation effect that each of these can affect other ones seemingly randomly, but it's based on the individual. So no, that's, that's good stuff, Bear. It's really uh, the drainage as opposed to the detox. This is what our bodies do. So excretion, sweating, right? Okay. Um, and then that's the normal experience. Then the inflammation is pushing that stuff out. So now we have a poison that's stuck in it. I thought initially, and I'm curious, Bear, on this one too, uh, if you just got injected with this, all right, you've been forced or something and you can't avoid it, what do you do? My first thought is seawater transfusion. Like flush all that stuff out. And I say this, you know, with Renee Quinton and things like this, I don't know. I, there was a dog they did this with. Well, I mentioned it to another speaker, a part of this event, I won't mention names, who says, oh, I've had two of those. So these seawater transfusions are happening. You know, now if that's an initial experience, flush it out. That kind of makes some sense. Besides the salts, I mean, Bear, you're a big proponent of the salt experience, right? After that, now what do we do? Well, people, you can't be afraid, like Bear said, at Josh reinforced. If you did it, you thought you were supposed to, you listened to people, you were lied to, oh shit, now I'm afraid, now everyone's dying, I'm gonna die. You need to realize how amazing this body is. And once you get this spiritual thing involved and say, I am not going to die, all right? I know that I have a journey, but I am not gonna surrender to this. That changes the energy. It's like the cancer thing, Josh, right? How many people get the diagnosis and they go, uh-uh, I'm not dying. And how many people just go, oh shit, and they die. Oh. So the fear factor now, all right, stop it. Stop it, all right? You did something and now it's that's okay, all right? You're still alive. You're good on this one. But now it's time to take care of your damn body. Holistically. Well, I, think, I think, Bear, you nailed it too. And thank God for you, Bear, because this is the same thing that we kind of preach and everything is simplistic with us, you know, and I mean, Adam knows my frustration. You guys can probably feel my frustration with what's gone on the last few years. And a lot of my frustrations with alternative medicine, 
you know, everything is a damn detox and they hijacked that word. So I'm, you know, drainage is the perfect word now, you know, um, it's been really frustrating for me. Everybody's doing some crazy detox or trying to do this type of cleanse here, you know, or the all famous IV that cures everything, right? You, you can't chelate a pond that has no outflow. All right. You, you can't get in there and clean up something with no f- drainage. Pardon my French. Um, so it's been really frustrating to hear these so-called authorities out there talking about all these things. And Bear just summed it all up in two minutes. You know, get your hands on the damn car, right? Get the thing aligned, get the fluids pumping, right? Get that liver working properly. If your liver's com- if your liver's compromised or compressed, doesn't matter what the hell you give to it. All you're gonna do is add fuel to the fire. You know, so it was, you know, you really took what I was gonna say anyways. So, but that's it's absolutely perfect what you talked about. And osteopathy is such a lost art. And uh, Steve Davidson, who's one of my gurus in Arizona, um, osteopath that raised me, says less than 2% of osteopaths now do manipulation. And a lot of them are going down a strange biodynamic route also, which is a kind of a story from another day. But we're, we're losing these people who really understand how the body works. And they're being replaced by supplement pushers or IV pushers. And it's funny because when dad had his cancer clinic, he would have people go down to Mexico for a month at a time. And he would stagger him. So some people are week one, week two, week three, and week four. And he's always against support groups in general because one person dies in the support group and the whole support group goes down, right? So what he would do is he was never really a believer in IVs. He said there was a use for him sometimes, but he used the IVs as a way to get the patients to sit together and talk. So we had the communal <laughs> IV room. Some people were there in week one, two, three, and four. So the week one people would come petrified and they could see the progression of the week two, three, and four people. You know, and that's what he used the IVs for. And today we see IVs as the answer for everything. And, you know, we've seen that's certainly not the case. So, um, yeah, getting back to the roots, getting back to aligning the body. Drainage is a great word because he yeah, had detox is something we talk about. And every time I heard the word detox, it's like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, so they've, they've taken that word from us. I'm going to start using drainage. But yeah, you nailed it. You really nailed it right on the head. And it's so simplistic that that's the hardest thing for people to understand. They think they need to be taking something. You know, even in Mexico, some of the clinics said, well, people think they're getting something when they're getting the IV. And they were only half joking, but it's like we could sit there and work with them for a half hour and get massive results with some osteopathy and some acupuncture and things like that. Maybe a bit of ozone, maybe a hyperbaric chamber. But no, they feel like they're really getting something by sitting there for three hours with a needle in their arm. You know, so maybe there was a placebo effect. But it's, it's, it's been a frustrating experience for us, you know, especially these days when everybody's a damn authority and what, what's best for my body. Right. Well, and real quick, just to jump on, and I'll let you guys talk too, sorry. <laughs> um, if this is end of COVID, like you're intending to do, then no more rabbit hole. You know, as you mentioned, Anna Maria and the other Dr. Anna, what's in it at this point doesn't make a difference. All right. It's poisonous. It's bad. Okay. If you want to go down rabbit holes with that, you're wasting your time now. All right. Stop it. This is the pattern interrupt. Stop it. We're microscopists. You know what I say? Anyone that's showing you microscopy images, stop listening to them. All right. It's a rabbit hole. You know, it's poison. Now this is what's important. Understanding how the body works, believing the amazing thing that you have going on here. All right. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's like the conspiracy theorists. I want to know who runs the world and they're in their grandma's basement researching all day instead of just being outside and enjoying their life yeah. uh, and realizing it doesn't matter in the end. Um, yes. On the biomechanical tip, because as Bear said, and as Josh, you reiterated, it's not easy to go find an osteopath these days and know what the hell they're doing. 
are there means in which people can get that lymphatic system flowing again, get, you know, the blockages out? I mean, I think of right away, like yoga, um, you know, doing, you know, I'm, I'm an avid surfer. I feel like whenever I do that, I'm, I'm getting kinks out running stuff. What would you guys say in terms of for the person watching this that wants to now really jump into this, that doesn't have a, you know, phenomenal osteopath in their neighborhood? Yeah. Well, the, the first part is, you know, you can go to the osteopathic cranial academy.org online and they'll have, you can type in your zip code. They'll have osteopaths near you. Um, the important thing about that is there's percentages next to their name, which is the percentage of actual body work that they do. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. They actually have to do that. So you're always looking for somebody who's 90% to hundred. That means they're doing mainly body work. And then hopefully you'll find some in your area. There's usually one or two here and there. Um, but they're getting more difficult to find. A lot of them have a zero next to their name, which means they're just doctors sitting there with prescription pads. Um, but yeah, what about a chiropractor too? Is that a it's, good it's, chiro? We're more familiar with osteopathy. You know, we really haven't had much experience with chiropractors. There has to be, yeah, there has to be some good ones out there. Yes. You know, some of the ones that crunch your bones, it'd be interesting to see what actually goes on because I don't think the body likes to be forced yeah. back into alignment. Just, uh... Yeah. Sorry, just a, a quick comment. Since I went to chiropractic college, it was my third uh, foray of into foray into self torture after conventional medicine, naturopathy, and then chiropractic. <laughs> now it's only to get less. Now you know I learned some good things. I learned you know how to adjust in a certain way, but I feel like the osteopathy was much more refined and and just elegant. We'll say. Yeah. And uh, you know a lot of chiropractors, not putting them down, but you know I call it pop and pray. Where uh, you know they they adjust and then you know adjust the spine and you'll be fine. So it has a time and place. And you know when there are certain six, uh, situations where there's uh, an absolute fixation between you know at a certain joint and it really needed just a little bit more of a high velocity. You know then I had ways of determining that, dealing with it. But when I did it, I made that adjustment one time and one time only. Because when you're taking care of the other underlying factors, um, you know, that uh, created that fixation in the first place, uh, it, which include not moving the body, getting up out of your chair and going out and exercising, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it has limited value. It's, it's a tool like any other tool. So sorry, uh, I just wanted to say that as a, uh, an actual chiropractor myself. <laughs> I appreciate that. We've always said too, you can't generalize these days with chiropractors. And dad would say, if you want to get into this world, go get your chiropractic license. Cause then you can touch people and do whatever you want. All right. Yeah. So there are chiropractors doing other things. However, anything that's forceful is like Edgar Casey started dad on this path and Edgar Casey did not like chiropractors. So I blame Edgar Casey. Yeah. <laughs> I know some very nice chiropractors. I don't see them <laughs> um, for my body work, but Josh, even too, um, a little bit of cranial sacral, which you get a lot of massage therapists that can do that is much more profound, I think, than going to the chiropractor and having him crunch you. We did do that. The physical body is the first thing. Okay. Um, I saw someone who fell and hurt themselves and there's the body and the blood structure, famous chiropractor came, crunched him up, rolled him into a ball at the door. Uh, he felt better. The blood didn't change. The blood said he needed body work. So we had someone do 10 minutes of cranial sacral work on him. He felt relaxed and the blood changed. So he felt some change and we saw that change on that cellular level experience. Yeah. So this is also for people listening. You know, the band-aids make you feel great, but sustainable. If you want, if you got poisoned and you want your experience to be sustainable, you need to do all of this homework. 
And you can't just say, give me this other shot and it's going to fix me. You're been a part of the problem, really. Um, so yeah. cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I and you can and, find and, a good cranial sacral go person. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, you know, there are good cranial sacral therapists out there. And I've seen, you know, people with lots of training who are awful at what they do and people with, you know, a weekend workshop who are actually are really good. So you really don't know until you go to see that person. You should always feel better afterwards. But you'll meet some masseuses who do cranial sacral work. Um, we're starting to see midwives bear who do more visceral, visceral manipulation, which is really nice. So I think visceral work is starting to make a bit of a, a slow comeback. Um, so, and sometimes masseuses will, will, will do that as well. So those are certainly avenues to look at. I know, um, for post-birth trauma, it was a common practice to go to an osteopath as a new, with a newborn yep. and that's a lost art, right? So that get it right out of the gates. Um, so that your drainage is more effective if God forbid you inject a baby, uh, so that that baby's drainage is better. Just a a quick comment about uh, craniopathy and osteopathy is what you're doing is, uh, making more efficient that pump that, uh, you know, circulates the cerebral spinal fluid. And number one, we have to understand our body is electric. And that water, that cerebral spinal fluid is the conductivity for the electricity all the way through the body, up and down the spine. And if that's compromised because the physical structure, the cranial sacral mechanism is hung up and that circulation is compromised and the electricity is compromised through the entire, uh, you know, connective tissue, which we were already saying, which gets into your meridian therapies and so forth. Just the idea of being, sorry, compressed. Look at everyone that's like this and the thyroid is compressed, where's the drainage going to happen? You know what I mean? I think we even, Josh, we have uh, that dry brushing exercise of just working with the, with the, the connective tissue experience um, to help some drainage. But look at people's structure. If you're like this, good, good. Do all those detoxes you want. You know, this needs to open up so things can really, really flow. Well, and look at what, what's one of the most common things they do to kids when they're young is they take their damn tonsils out. So you're taking out, you know, a huge part of your lymphatics and you wonder why people are having thyroid issues, pituitary issues later on in life. You know, from a young age, they're removing a drain, <laughs> you know, right. um, and then you, you'll wonder why you become a sewer. So, um, yeah. yeah, the lymphatic drainage can be great. Now, when pieces have been taken out, it, it makes it much more difficult, but the body's pretty adaptive. You know, we see it a lot. People have the gallbladder out, let's say, and we'll actually see an image of the gallbladder in the blood because the energy in that area still needs help. Right. And people were like, well, it's an empty space. What do I do? And this is where osteopathy and acupuncture come in and probably some other things, but you can get the energy connecting through that area still, even though that piece is missing. And it's, it's a huge, huge piece to the puzzle. Cause, cause if not, you're going to take in a poison, where do you think it's going to go? It's going to go sit right in that, that area of stagnation right there. And now you've got really pro- big problems. Right. Yeah. I- another, another yeah. thing I was just thinking is Qigong. Uh, my father's gotten really into that of late and, uh, he loves it. So, uh, an amazing practice, right? Oh yeah. We just did a workshop with him almost every day. There's a really cool book out there called cranial sacral Qigong, where they actually combine some cranial sacral concept with Qigong. Um, yeah, the sounds are, are great. You know, you want to work on some fear, go out there and do that funky sound for your kidney, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do it almost every day. And, you know, when I was going through some tough times, Obviously, I was doing my osteopath. I was doing some neural therapy here and there, you know, but really what kind of got me over the edge was, was Qigong, moving some of that energy, you right. know, and the sounds associated with it. You know, you want to work on the liver, go out and, and start to do that sound that stimulates the liver. 
stop trying to throw fire onto it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I, I can't, I can't speak more highly enough of Qigong. I just, we, I love it. We really can't. I've been doing this healing sounds um, routine every day, if I can, since I learned it three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day. And it's, if you're listening, it's the same idea. Okay. First go get some cranial sacral work, align the car a little bit, get some acupuncture, let those things, the energy pathways flow, get some joy. All right, go out and have a good damn day. And for me, Qigong, there's sound, which I love the vibration. It feels good. Uh, And it's doing chemical reactions in the body and things like that. There's movement. So we're stretching and there's elasticity. Then there's intention and emotions involved. I'm sending out my anger and I'm bringing in the joy. You know, I can picture Anna's kids laughing hysterically at dinner the other day as I send out the anger of the idiot who's not doing things the way the body wants done. Um, but if you think about that, Mike, Bear, Josh, if you have this appointment, like a massage with some cranial sacral work and some acupuncture and some joy, wow, you're going to feel pretty damn good, right? Now let's, now let's get some cleansing things involved also. Let's drink more water, most definitely. Let's add some seawater, right? Let's think about what we're eating. Um, but that's how we need to get past this. It's not that one thing. It's really got to be this combination. And the simple idea of you got poisoned, all right? You got a little poison. So things feel a little weird, you know? Um, And over time, things can get more weird unless you take care of yourself, right? So at this point, it's time for you to do your thing. If things got a little more weird for you than your friends, then you got to take a little more action, all right? You may need uh, to find someone to help you with that. Go ahead, Bear. Well, Adam, you said something so important as the word intention. And if you think about it, you know, if you're just watching TV and want to get up and go to the fridge, well, that's an intention, you know, and your entire body follows that intention. So doesn't it make perfect logic that if your intention is based on a deeper knowledge of the intricacies of how your body actually works, then that intention can be focused on doing anything you want it to do, including getting, uh, you know, your body back into a deeper state of health. It's just, it's, it's a huge point because a, a big part of our mission is to teach p- people how the body works. Cause obviously what they've been taught is wrong. <laughs> You've got mechanics working on your body who've never fixed a car before because they don't know what the carburetor does, right? The medical books say the skull is a fixed joint and it doesn't move. And I think they changed it to it. It may or may not be a fixed joint, right? It tells a la- total lack of understanding for how the body works, you know? So that's a big part of our mission. And once people understand that the body's always trying to heal, it's always striving for homeostasis, it's not going to go autoimmune on us and start attacking ourselves, right? It's always striving for that balance there. It gives people a, a bit of a peace of mind that they can actually do it as opposed to being told they can't do it and your body is attacking you and there's nothing that you can do about it. Take these drugs or take these supplements for the rest of your life. It's such an important point. People need right. to understand that the body can heal, but they have to understand how that actually works in the first place as well. And Adam's point about the joy, you know, it's something I'm still working on, but well, how do you counteract fear, joy, and love basically. And that's something that's it's we've been so isolated the last couple of years. You go to that rabbit hole of fear, and it's really difficult to get out of. And I think we've talked about this before in our, our past interviews that everything from both sides, traditional and alternative, is fear-based, right? You have this, you've got to get rid of it. 
And it's so much fear, even, yeah, I'm sorry to bring it up, but the live cell crap we see out there, the live cell images. And I'm just going to quash some of it really simple. Okay. When you see somebody taking live blood and showing these big structures that they're claiming or something stupid, like a graphene or a hydrogel or whatever they want to call it, acute Michigas, it's capillary blood. All right. One red cell can move through there at a time. Anything bigger than that, you're going to have a stroke. So these big structures they're showing you are holograms. They are not physical. If they were physical, you would have died already. So these big, crazy structures that people are showing and making all these claims. Now, the claims might be right, but their interpretation of what they're seeing is inaccurate. And it's really been kind of a bone of contention for us. So sorry to go off on that tangent. No, I think it's super important to stress that because if we don't, if we're coming from a completely wrong ontological basis around what these things are, how the heck are you going to help somebody heal from the injection, right? So we appreciate different perspectives here, but also with science, there are, like I said, there are are ontological facts. Right. Yeah, it's important. Full of signs, capillary blood. If you huge structures coming out of your blood, it's a hologram. It can't physically be in your system. And the and, red and cells. Also, it's amazing that they get th- through there. Anyway, that's like a whole mystery. Ma- mainstream science doesn't even understand how that works, and it comes down to structured water and plasma and the electrical nature of everything. Uh, so we still have a fascinating, um, a lot of discovery uh, that's going to be happening in the next few years around that. Go ahead, Bear. So- I was just going to say it helps also if you've been bl- looking at blood for a long time and, you know, pre the whole this COVID stuff, because some of the extrapolations people are making and what they're seeing in live cell and then saying, well, that's such and such from a vaccine. Well, I used to see those things 30 years ago routinely in people's blood, you know, before, right. you know, all this stuff actually existed. So they're just jumping to a lot of conclusions yeah. Uh, based on lack of experience, basically, and maybe sometimes something more sinister than that. Yeah. Well, if you look at most of them are backing it up with something to sell you, you know, it, yeah. you know and then, you know, like we said, the answer might not be wrong, but you can't falsify your, your, your evidence because it fits into your narrative, you know, <laughs> and honestly, what's, but it's been doing is giving us a bad name. We have to answer these stupid questions all the time. Well, this person said this It's like, it's scientifically impossible. Yeah. you know well, and you, you know how much we lean on science these days that's well that's interesting too because it's like a dirty word you know and josh and i were called scientists at one point and i was like whoa like they call this a scientist but it's <laughs> it's removing inconsistencies it's observing patterns over a long period of time and it is ironic still at this point that you know josh and i are experts um actually you know i'm an expert in heavy metal i became a teacher you know at a school and i taught i taught heavy metal as an expert it was awesome to rock stars kids <laughs> even um but at this point the reality is we've had a lot of experience with this you know dad did serious things with serious diagnoses and i have a video of him recently a guy is interviewing him asking about prostate cancer and ph And dad very seriously says, you know, the guy says, what do we do adjusting pH? And he said, you know, the thing that changes the blood more quickly than anything in the best way and changes your pH immediately is joy. You know, and this is, this to me, it's ironic that dad was a numbers guy, right brain, left brain, I can't remember. He was one of those brains. Left brain, left brain. Left brain, left brain, (laughs) I'm gonna get this right. Um, He was a numbers guy, you know, and his conclusion was disease is a thousand percent triggered emotionally and we need joy. 
you know, you ask Anna Maria Oliva, who's a research scientist, you know, what do we do? We take off our shoes, she would say, go outside and hug a tree. There's piezoelectricity, you know, in the feet and things like that. And she, she looked up, okay, the things that are being studied, I get a chill on this one, which is a, an electrical connection with the truth or something to that effect. Um, love is studied more than anything. Like I think she said 480 million studies or something ridiculous on love. It, they don't understand it. Okay, there's something very powerful there. So it's it's just interesting to me that science, if we look at patterns and numbers, it's telling us to be with nature, that we're a part of it and to get joy in our lives because it's good for our energy. Um, can I write prescriptions for that? You know, dad would say, I can't tell you to have a joyful experience. That's different for everybody. Mike, you're surfing. You know what I mean? It's like for me, my conclusion recently more than what I need more than anything in my life is to do my music. It just feeds my vibration. My blood changes, my energy changes. And when I'm, when I'm, after I've done my music, I can do anything. I'm ready to go answer emails and answer stupid questions. There's no stupid questions, right? Just stupid people. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> sorry. No, no judgment. <laughs> but this is, this is where we're leading. If you've got end of COVID, you have so many people with experience talking about the narrative and the agenda, okay? At this point, we get it, get out of the rabbit hole, and, and this is the end of our 12-month school of health, what do you do? You learn to know yourself. For me, Qigong is awesome. For some people, cooking, singing, yoga, connecting with people, whatever. You know yourself, right? Then you live your life. We had one patient, you know, for years of cancer treatment. And the one day dad says, okay, great. And it's like, well, do I have to come back? And dad said, no, you're done. And she said, what do I do now? You know, her whole life was being sick and taking care of this. And dad said, what do you want to do? She never thought about it. You know, so many people right now are so stuck in, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know what? Oh my God, there's awesome things happening right now. Go outside. The weather's beautiful, depending on where you're at. You know what I mean? You want to feel good? Go hug somebody. Call somebody up. Take a walk. You know what I mean? This scientifically is being proven as good for your health, right? And just the placebo thing, if you believe you've been poisoned and you're screwed, what can we do for you, Josh? Can we help? If you don't believe you can get better? No, no. And, and if you identify with your label or your disease, then nobody can help you. You know, right. you, people look at sometimes this is their badge of honor. I've got Lyme disease or I'm a breast cancer person, you know, and it's our patients hated the breast cancer foundation because all it was doing was making people aware that you had breast cancer, you know, and right. giving you free laundry mangles. And that, <laughs> and, that was, and that was it, you know? So, but if you identify with the label, you identify with the sickness, there's really nothing you can do for the person. Well, and and we've, we've seen that. Well, we've, I was, yeah, I was going to say too, you know, it's something Anna was saying is right now, you know, there's band-aids for certain things. Whatever you can do that makes you feel a little better is a good thing. As long as you start taking care, you know, put a band-aid on the front of the dam while you get to the back of the dam and take care of the true root experience. So if people have, you know, we're being dumped on all around, food is not great and things in the environment, and now we've been injected. <clears throat> so potentially someone assisting you with draining you know, we have the people with the lymphatic drainage. I would support that much more while you're still taking care of your whole body. That's 
the key. If you want to want to end COVID, stop looking at what's in the shots. Stop talking about, we know the agenda, we get it. Some people are there and they need to learn it. And I think you guys have great stuff. You know, we had Marcelina Cravat here. Her movie did good. It wasn't enjoyable, you know, but it was where people were at. Introduced to the world. Let's talk. You have all the information is here. Is it not? Is there, did you guys miss any pieces to the puzzle when you invited how many people? 80 something or you have 80 something lectures. But this is the future one here. This is the future. All right. You've learned, yeah. you've educated. Now, what do you do? Bear is awesome. Bear, are you still working with people? Like, are you from doing- afar? From afar. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, well, friends and family, if somebody's in a jam, I'll put my hands on them. But I, I work with people from afar because I'm working more with uh, long distance residents and things, which I think is uh, very much more effective because you're just cutting to the chase. And I think there's uh, a kind of a benefit of not having a physical presence because there's less of a attachment to the practitioner or the medium. Mm -hmm. And you can just go to those more subtle planes where all things precipitate in the first place. Um, you know, you're talking about um, putting on a Band-Aid, and that's what I think uh yeah, you know, I practice emergency medicine for a long time, and there's a place for it if the heart stops or if somebody's bleeding to death. Okay. But in naturopathy, which I kind of uh, think of as green allopathy, the way it's practiced these days, um, you know, it's band-aids. Sometimes they can be helpful. Like when I was in practice, seeing mostly very serious, uh, you know, end-stage cancers and things like that. I would do a little bit of crisis intervention in order to just uh, create a larger window of opportunity so that person could possibly stay in their body a little longer. For instance, in the COVID uh, thing here, one of the symptoms is, um, you know, sudden severe inflammation, you know, which can cause problems. And as you already said, Josh, inflammation is a cure. But if it's at an extreme, then, you know, it can actually take somebody out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can go into a homeopathic, uh, you know, antidote, which is maybe belladonna, you know, for inflammation. Yeah. Well, what you're doing is you're taking one symptom and then creating an opposite symptom. That's not a cure. So um, if you have to do that, you know, maybe temporarily, you still have to get back to putting the bow train in order so it can just do what it needs to do. Now, the one thing I'd add to that is our bow trains have been uh, greatly compromised by all the things that um, really create shortages internally of the biochemic salts of uh, just the oxygen levels in the body. Uh, cells are depolarized. They, you know, they're like half-charged batteries. Uh, they don't have enough hydrogen because the gut bacteria has been, you know, uh, reduced from uh, electromagnetic frequencies and antibiotics and other pharmaceuticals. So uh, in my practice, I did use certain technologies to make sure that the cells and everybody had the fuel to know uh, to do what they needed to do. And then also, as you gentlemen know, uh, when you're looking under the microscope and you see these progressive pleomorphic stages of um, organisms that are indigenous, our little helpers in there. 
and you see a shortage of the little seed forms in waiting that you know would more suggest a greater state of health then isopathics can uh, do two things they can you know help replenish those reserves the way they should be and then also help regress some of the pathogenic forms not pathogenic and that that's their nature but they're just there doing a job and sometimes they you know overstay their welcome a little bit but through no fault of their own so there, there's a time and place for everything but you have to know why you're doing things and not just trade a, an opposite symptom for the symptom you don't want, because again, that does not fix a thing. Right. Yeah, and I think Adam and I have talked about that a lot, because it used to be we didn't mind a Band-Aid, but then you realize most of the Band-Aids can be causing further problems. So this is, I think, where dad would do the isopathics and things like that. So yeah, we generally clarify that, yeah, certain Band-Aids can be okay. Um, I learned a lot from the farmers. You know, I've been going to these regenerative agricultural conferences, and they talked about the farmers are over supplementing their soil that the plants are developing shallow roots and they're not developing mycorrhizal connections because you're giving them the food from the top. Right. right. So, you know, if we're taking long-term supplements and most people don't know, most supplement companies are owned by the pharmaceutical companies. If we're taking long-term supplements, what kind of micro, what kind of connections is that inhibiting in our own microbiology long-term? It could cause real problems. Same way I feel about some of the hormones they're playing with. You know, you're going to give them hormones. Well, the body's going to say, well, what the hell do I have to produce the hormones for? Question is, why isn't the body producing the hormones? So, yeah, it used to be, you know, a band-aid might be okay, but now it's, you have to be real careful what that, what that band-aid is. Uh, absolutely. And this is a great teaser, guys, uh, for the follow-up talks we have. So uh, in the new health story, we'll have the holography of the terrain with uh, Adam and Josh here, where we go deep into their entire process and how they work. And then of course, uh, we have uh, Dr. Bear Lando and I talk about uh, his entire career as a bioterrain physician. So hopefully, hopefully you guys uh, uh, have enjoyed this conversation and will really enjoy those deeper ones about this subject matter in the near future here. Uh, to wrap up, I think uh, I'll just, Put a ribbon on this. It seems like there are no shortcuts, but also it's not that complex. It's living the natural way of and in finding the joy in your life, your vocation, your mission, and um, living life in ease. And uh, as the sort of the samurai would say, by the way, right? Uh, or as the Nazarene would say, the way, which is just at peace and in harmony and with love. Uh, Bear, how would you like to wrap up this wonderful conversation? Well, I, I think we've said it all. And, um, you know, the, the main uh, thing we need to avoid, of course, what we've kind of beat around a lot here is just the fear and also the labels. And, you know, I share Josh's frustration. I have completely severed myself from this discussion. Um, there's been a lot of good things done, uh, you know, by bringing all these subject matter out in the open. A lot of folks that really, you know, go at it from more of a research level. I'm more of a hands-on guy, which is why I just escaped to my farm out there these days. And, you know, that's really what I like to preoccupy myself with. And, uh, you know, when we get into all these uh, diagnostic labels, it's just doing nothing but crystallizing your consciousness, fixating it on exactly what you don't want. And uh, that has consequences that are inescapable. You know, your body will have to outplay uh, exactly what your um, attention is on. And that's uh, kind of an old truism that's as old as the hills. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just just get out, enjoy your life, get outside. Um, you know, I think one of the largest banes to our existence right now is the internet. Uh, I get emails every single day, people asking me all these intricate questions about, you know, things that they've heard on the internet. And so what people have now is a lot of information, but no logical processes to ferret through what it means in the first place. And so, you know, that doesn't even mean that you have to go get classical logic books and get more mental about things. It means all you have to do is get out, just be with yourself, be in nature, even if it's in a city park, just, you know, get out there, move, uh, you know, find your joy levels and uh, you know, Mike, you and I have had many discussions on our interviews about uh, how joy is a scientific phenomena, how uh, love is the same. And on a resonance level, it will overcome anything uh, of a lower resonance, just like the sun will burn through, uh, you know, the morning mist. So yeah. this stuff is uh, way, way simpler. And even if you've got the injection uh, there's uh, a lot that you can do, but it all starts with exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Health is simple. People are complicated, right? Yeah, you got to find that joy. <laughs> the joy is going to balance those pHs out for you and create a terrain where disease can't exist. Yep. You know, you know that that's, that's the way to go about it. It's the alkaline water is not going to balance out your terrain. I'm sorry, people. So you got to get into the emotion behind it. That'll balance out your terrain. You got to take steps to do that physically as well. And that'll help you deal with the emotional and the spiritual side too. You got it. You got it. There's a law and order to the way the body works, dad would say. And once again, health is simple. People are complicated. You got to align that physical body, get the energy to flow, the emotions and the joy, and the spiritual experience. There's an order to it. And it's a fun life once you start living. You're never, you're never stuck. You get busy living or you get busy dying. Yep. You got it. You got it. Everyone's got their homework to do for sure. Yeah. Love it, guys. Thanks so much for this inspiring talk. And I hope all you guys enjoyed it. If you want to learn more from Adam and Josh, please join their mailing list below, as well as Dr. Bear Paul Lando. You can join his mailing list below and stay informed. And remember, get outside. And like I always in every alpha cast, it's the reason why I do this. Get outside, get your feet in the dirt, go plant something, go for a hike, right? Get into Mother Nature and those um, informational pathways will flow through you and you'll have that intuitive knowledge to know what to do. Love you guys. So we'll see you at the next session. Thanks. Thanks.